The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about artificial intelligence, and I've just finished reading this wonderful book called The Evolution of Artificial Intelligence, what you must know about AI, and it's by Junling Hu, and she is on the line with us from Northern California and a real techie, and it's very exciting. Let me tell you a little bit about her background, which is fascinating. Uh, Junling Hu is a recipient of the National Science Foundation Career Award. She has spent the past 20 years leading AI, artificial intelligence, research, product development, and public education. Dr. Hu was chair of the AI Frontiers Conference, which brings together industrial AI leaders to share the cutting-edge development in AI. She is co-founder and CEO of AI Pro, and Dr. Hu was the director of data mining at Sansum Electronics from 2013 to 2015, And she led a team right there to create intelligence AI products for large-scale recommender systems. Before Samsung, Dr. Hu led a data science team at PayPal, delivering AI solutions for marketing, sales, and customer support and operation improvement. And before PayPal, she led a data mining team at eBay, solving problems of large-scale structured and unstructured data. And before eBay, <laughs> Dr. Who managed a data mining group at Robert Bosch Corporation, where she led the data mining effort on large-scale health data and natural language systems. She was an assistant professor of computer information systems at the University of Rochester from 2000 to 2003. And she received her Ph.D. in AI from the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. You can find out more about her at privacypiracy.org, where we have her picture of bio, a JPEG of her book, and also at her website at junlinghu, that's J-U-N-L-I-N-G-H-U dot com. Junling, thank you so much for joining us from Northern California. Thank you, Maria, for having me on the show. Yeah, so I read in your book about how you were always so interested as a kid in science fiction, but there aren't many really um, you know, uh, excelled and successful women as there are men in the technology field. So tell us a little bit about how that happened for you and how you became such a techie. <laughs> and I have been fascinated by science, sci-fi when I was a teenager, so I always wanted to study science. 
the I know that uh, uh, for a long time women are not uh, that there are not many women I and study computer. I, in fact, in my PhD program, I was the only woman sitting in my class. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> That, um, but uh, but I was encouraged by a lot of books or about women who can succeed as a, like Marie Curie, many many uh, other pioneers. So that uh, definitely I feel uh, since I do want to make a contribution, what a man can do, women can do also do too. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, tell me, why is it that you wrote this book? It's called The Evolution of Artificial Intelligence. What you must know about AI, and I, I love the the picture on the front of this book. You've got this guy who's shaking hands with a robot. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. <clears throat> First of all, it definitely started my started from my own love for for AI. I see AI more like a baby growing up from 1950s to today. That that originally AI was very very dumb, like. The speech, the sound, like even in the movie 2001, how spoke spoke in a very mechanical sound. Today, you, you will be amazed that AI was speaking so fluently. This is un, uh, un, uh, imaginable just uh, 10 years ago. So AI has evolved and grown so much that uh, um, it can do so many things. So I wrote this book because today many people are worried about AI, what AI will do to our privacy, what AI will do to our jobs, and what, how, how can they stay relevant in this AI age? Um, by showing that what's behind the, the current AI product, like what's behind uh, Alexa, what's behind uh, Google's uh, cutting-edge AlphaGo, what's behind the, the self-driving car, we would not be so scared by AI and also learn how to how to deal with the technology that's facing us. Yeah, I, you know, I love the way you wrote this book because you wrote it not for technologists. You wrote this for people like me that, you know, I, I use a lot of these uh, devices. Like I use Alexa, right? And I use Siri. <laughs> and, um, but, but, you know, I'm not a technologist. And so I thought it was really helpful the way you wrote it very uh, down-to-earth and user-friendly so that we can really understand it. And it's a great history. Um, uh, you go through the whole history, really, of AI. And when you were talking about that movie, 2001, A Space Odyssey, I remember seeing it in New York um, uh, with a girlfriend from college. And so it was that long ago. <laughs> and we, we, we were there on New Year's Eve. <laughs> And we saw that, and I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, is that the future with hell? And, you know, these artificial intelligence, are they going to take over the world? Are they going to really rule us? And I, I wonder about that. You know, the more, and you even talk about it, that the, the more um, advanced they get, and they're going to have emotions, they're going to have love, they're going to... If they have built-in emotions, maybe they're going to have anger. <laughs> yes, that's definitely true. Um, people are designing robots, the, the, the AI system that actually can express emotion. And because the, the reason for that is you, if we want to introduce robots into home for teaching children, like today we have educational robots, they giving them emotion, making them easier to interface with humans. Uh, so we will like impute those emotions into robots. 
Secondly, uh, if robots understand the human emotion, there are a lot of programs today detect customer support, like the voice of the person is are they angry, are they happy. So there are a lot of benefit of make robot understand, make our AI system understand what the human feeling is. Uh, so there's a big push today on that part. Yes, and then I read something on uh, I forgot where it was, but about how. Oh, I know what it was that some, and they're having all these um, artificial robots that are uh, love mates, you know, (laughs) and, and, you know, that they, not just for sex, but for companionship and, you know, the, the, if you have a girlfriend who's a robot, she's not, she can be. Uh, trained not to ever talk back to you or ask for anything. (laughs) So, I mean, it's a little worrisome to think about, is that going to take over for relationships as well, you know? Um, um, I I am thinking about that too. In fact, I'm writing a science fiction on that part, which is coming out soon, um, about a a love robot. (laughs) Yes, so so let me uh, say this. The there is a need like people lonely many single people today right yes. they need a companion introducing that kind of love robot is there is a market need for that Japan already have that right. certainly coming to the U S the uh, the relationship it will change our relationship with other human being in certain way the uh, because you like Alexa I can I can just command her to do many many things she never complains. Right, but uh, yeah, same thing with the love robot uh, or a servant. Let's call a servant robot at home. They, we, it's easier. They, they never talk back. So uh, <laughs> it, it is, it is, uh, it would make a change. But how it changes, we still don't know. Yeah. 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 No, I like the idea of having somebody clean my house and never, you know, giving me a hard time about it. And if I ask them to do something again, that they go, okay, sure, Mari. You yeah. know, <laughs> I like that. And, um, you know, and I think it would be nice for kids if they're lonely, you know, to have a little playmate to be with if they, if they're an only child. So, I mean, I can see some of this, but I think it's, it's also scary, uh, as well. Yes, yeah, every technology, a new technology always comes with a downside. Like uh, we know car is good, but today there are 40,000 people die from car accident every year in the U.S. So uh, car certainly is a liberation for us to go from one place to another place, but it comes with this uh, side effect. Uh, AI is the same thing. It will have its side effect. Like today, in the old days, people do not have enough food. Nowadays, we have too much food. People get obese, obesity. So it's a, there's always a two sides of the coin. Right, right. You know, it just seems to me as they're doing this in, in, in the privacy realm, we talk about privacy by design, building in privacy into the architecture of a new product or um, a, a new technology. And I'm just hoping that that is happening we worry about that like I have Alexa and last night I had um, a gathering at at my home and we had Alexa on and she had the music on and we had uh, very peaceful music we were all you know having a spiritual meeting and um, we were starting to laugh about you know what you can ask Alexa we were asking her questions and you know how she was answering and 
the more I thought about it, the more I thought, oh my gosh, she's listening to everything because I'll be, I'll, I'll say something about my daughter Alyssa and she'll wake up, you know? <laughs> uh, so, so the two kinds of uh, listening. One is uh, listening by just uh, uh, constantly listening to the, uh, uh, we call awake trigger words, and they don't record you. But there is another kind of listening. They listen and they send your data away to the cloud. That is more worrisome. Yes. So some company claim they just wait until they hear the trigger word. Yeah, so what do you think about that? Because I have read about that, that, you know, they're listening and they're, uh, they're trying to figure out more about what we need, et cetera. But are they listening in on my conversation with my husband? You know, if I'm having an intimate conversation um, with my husband, I mean, or yes. or with friends, you know? They are li- so uh, if they listen and they don't send the data to the cloud, then it's fine. Listen is different from saving the data and upload to the to the cloud. So today, basically, all the computing is done in their cloud server. So, for example, if I say something to Alexa, the the word I say, I say, tell me a joke. That word, that sentence itself is uploaded to the Amazon cloud to process uh, send uh, answer back. So that that kind of listening, they save the data. But there's another listening is when you talk to your husband, when I talk to my friends, they the trigger word is not awakened yet, so they don't upload those data to the cloud at that time. Hopefully, right? Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> yes. The, I do talk, tell people, I do hear that certain phones, they can listen to you and they upload if there's like you are sus- under suspicion for something. Yeah. Right. Right. I wonder, you know, if if the FBI or whomever could could capture that what we're talking about. You know, I mean, I, on one hand, it's like that double edged sword you were talking about that you want to be able to get terrorists. But at the same time, you want to have your privacy for for those people who are listening and driving by. They're not really sure what artificial and in, what we mean by artificial intelligence. Um, can you explain that for us, Jen Ling? Sure. Sure. So, so um, in the basically, <clears throat> in a simple way, AI is the the system that uh, mimic humans. Uh, so AI has a brain. Uh, human has a brain. So AI has a this machine learning function that uh, can process data and understand what's in the data. Secondly, human has eye, can see, human can hear. Correspondingly, AI has computer vision, computer speech, and also computer uh, voice understanding. And also, human use language to write and uh, compose. Uh, computer also now can understand the natural language to process a large amount of text. So all these come together. We call AI is essentially an intelligent uh, system that uh, is capable of doing what uh, all the human can do. Now, the what's a little worrisome now is they go beyond what the human can do because the speed of electronics. The, the uh, electricity in uh, human process by seconds, uh, AI process by microseconds. So that is what is going to happen in the future is AI process a huge amount of data, billions of records in a second. And that is what today will actually start to worry. Yeah, yeah especially if you have a bunch of AI uh, machines or robots or whatever you call them and then they think we're dumb you know (laughs) 
and that we're not handling things well and we're not running governments well and they decide that that's that they can do better which they probably could right. <laughs> well, i want i forgot to explain one more thing um, more go deeper into okay. what is ai is uh, um, the fundamental technology in ai is called machine learning and what is machine learning essentially is uh, looking at a large amount of data and find the patterns in the data. For example, after you saw many movies, Netflix can recommend a new movie to you because they derive the pattern of your movie watching uh, preference. Same thing for um, a credit card company, looking at all your pa- payment history and then they predict what whether you are going to pay back the loan or not. So those kind of pattern recognition and pattern uh, learning that's the core of AI, what do we call AI today. Yes, and I think people can be familiar with it if they're thinking about that if they go on Amazon and you buy a bunch of books, like I buy a bunch of privacy books, and then sure enough, the next time I go on there, they're going to recommend a bunch of privacy books for me, right? That's right. All the recommender system is driven by AI algorithms. Right, and the other thing that people might not even think about is like, let's say you've been searching for something in Google, and then all of a sudden all this stuff comes up, um, you know, on Facebook about what you're doing. Let's say, okay, so we're looking for a new home that we sold our home. We're looking for a new home. So now, because I did that on the Internet, I'm getting stuff all the time about new homes in Orange County. So it's obviously there. That's the machine learning and taking what they saw from my uh, from my searches, right? That's right. That's right. So it's mainly from the cookie you saved in your computer, the that tells you where you have gone, and then there is also a tracking system that tell uh, follow you basically from your mobile device to your browser. We, they try to identify whether it is the same person or not. Mm. Yes. So what do you recommend if you don't want to be followed? <laughs> well, so certainly there's a pro and a con. The the pro part, the reason people allow themselves to be followed is you get better ads, you better more, get more relevant recommendation. And so people pay, basically, essentially, you, you are paying for the privacy. The, if you don't, certainly you don't care about that, you can certainly delete your cookie uh, so that the, the next browser doesn't know your browsing history. There's certain things you can turn off, yes. Yeah, so so you can delete your cookies and then only allow the cookies that you want to have for companies that you deal with all the time, right? Yeah, except it's so... uh, Time-consuming. In fact, yeah, Google actually did... uh, Google tried. Google say, if you pay me uh, a monthly fee, we we will not save your, your browsing history, we will not show ads, uh, and uh, very few people pay for that product. So right. essentially, they, yeah, they job to that. Right, right. People are willing to give up their privacy just to have all this stuff for free, when they, right. except right. when they find out that there's some other kind of privacy invasion or something else that they are not really privy enough to understand what might happen, right? Yes. The... Mm-hmm. It's uh, there are several. What I uh, when I look into this problem, I see there are several things uh, we were uh, basically being tracked. One is uh, every every keystroke on your computer that's certainly logged into the browser. So the server, every place you go, they certainly know what you have typed, you have searched. Uh, that part is uh, tracked. Second is your personal location. 
So many people probably don't know that if you have Android phone, or everywhere you go, it's being logged. Um, so if you go to actually Google Maps, you can see a timeline. You see where you have been. <laughs> that is, uh, yeah. And yeah. that's uh, and it's, in fact, the even Apple has that option, but Apple didn't uh, actually share that. The 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 good thing for tracking locations in terms of in emergency case when you right. call nine one one, they know where you are. Right. Because today's cell phone, if you don't do the mobile phone tracking. The cell phone tower only can pinpoint you within 200 meters, but uh, with uh, the tracking system, they can pinpoint it within 10 meters. Right. Yeah. So, you know, my iPhone t- asks me, do you want, you know, I have a choice whether I want to reveal my location. And sometimes, sometimes you know, I'll, I'll download an app and it has absolutely nothing to do with my location. So I'll say, no, you know, you yeah. cannot track my location. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I'll say, like, if I'm going to do for for um, GPS, I'm going to say, yeah, you know, whenever I use it, yeah, then you can you can follow me or find out where I am so you can help me from, you know, not getting lost. <laughs> Absolutely. I would suggest to go through your applications, looking at what permission you gave to those applications. Right. Some application can even listen, right? All the uh, anything involves voice, they can listen silently. Right. Huh. Yeah. So we hear a lot about big data. Can you explain the difference between big data and AI? So the uh, big data actually come a little before AI becomes popular. Is in early two thousand when we have internet, when we have so much data. We started to like uh, building data centers, processing data, and though the big data basically refers to today how to collect, process, and understand the data. And as I said, AI has more capabilities. Uh, a self-driving car is an AI system. It's not necessarily big data, but it's still AI. So when we say AI, we refer to a broad, much broader uh, capabilities. Um, that has the potential has voice, has a computer vision, like a camera that can track person. Those are AI system. We call AI system. A big data is more like the brain of the AI. Mm. Yeah, so, so they collect a lot of information about us, and then the uh, AI does the machine learning to, on how to use it, right? To, That's right. Yeah, That's right. yeah. 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 It's, it's uh, the brave new world, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, unavoidable because of the uh, a driving need for, um, first of all, because the, the computer becomes so cheap, so much information was collected. There are so many, it's like a gold mine. Gold, yes. We call that a gold rush. Uh, certainly you can use that to serve people, right? We can give them better product. We can, uh, like, uh, all the ser- better search, all the YouTube YouTube search. So using AI certainly improve productivity for sure. Then that's what we are, yeah. Aiming. Right. I mean, I'm thinking of where I would have to go to the law library, <laughs> you know, or have very expensive set of books, you know, now I can just search for a case or whatever online very easily. And I don't, you know, in a, in a split second, I can find what I need. Yeah, not only that, in the future, they can process the book and you can ask any question to the book. 
Wow. So this is actually happening now. The the AI system now can process the whole book. You just pose your question, say what is written in this book. What is you can yeah. What's the case dealing with, uh, yeah, like anything that I bring up, right? Yeah, mold or whatever. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the privacy issues, though. I mean, you talked about the double-edged sword. You've got all this excitement and all the wonderful technology that we can use, that we can make our lives better, that we can, you know, do all these things that we weren't able to do so quickly. But let's talk about some of the privacy issues that that we should be aware of. We started to talk a little bit about that, but I think we should go deeper into that. Um, definitely. So the the first thing is, uh, um, first of all, when we our data is uploaded to the cloud by all the com- all the computer companies saving our data to track uh, to give us a, a recommendation. Does that actually identify us as an individual? So one privacy issue is we call differential privacy, probably you know that term, is that uh, um, they cannot uh, identify individual person. They use the data as a pool to train the machine learning algorithm, but they don't necessarily know as an individual. Suppose they drop you as one data point, they can still come up with the same recommended system. That's, that, in that case, you are still anonymous in a certain way. And so, um, but the other part of the privacy that I'm concerned is the location tracking now is being used very widespread. Secondly, is in the, in the phone, there's a chip that actually can silently listen, uh, even the phone is off. So those those uh, those and also the government called digital surveillance. They basically have uh, every information about each person, and they have a record about each person. So those are definitely privacy concerns. Yeah, yeah, and you know we're the laws are not keeping up at all with the technology. Although we have you know this brand new uh, California consumer privacy law that it, you know. What's going to happen with these companies when they collect all this data and then a consumer wants to get <laughs> a copy and find out what is um, collected about them and have it deleted? I mean, how do you see that going forward? Um, it, there are two kinds of things um, you can request. Some, some belong to the company, like your log data. Those they don't, you cannot request right. to delete. Um, but if there's a certain things very special to you, you can... Uh, yeah, your personally identifiable information and your your likes and dislikes. I would imagine the information that goes into um, create, uh, you know, your AI, the AI for you that specifically tells me what books I should be reading or tells me what kind of medicine I should be taking, right? Uh, yeah, no, actually it's not uh, deletable. So the, I think new laws need to pass to give consumer more power to request their whatever information saved regarding to them to be deleted or even moved to a second company they work with, like medical healthcare data, right? Right. The, the law is not there for, so I don't think company even has, yeah, the obligation to give you back the data. Well, this the new California Consumer Privacy Act is going to give you more rights to have the to find out what data a company has about you and have it deleted. 
So that okay. that is going to be a, a challenge for people when it goes into effect in January mm-hmm. of uh, 2020, which is come just around the corner. So let's talk a little bit about how uh, my cl- my audience can really think about kind of an overview of how they can protect their privacy in the AI age. Right. So definitely look uh, when you sign the privacy policy agreement, um, understand what, what is good. Probably most people don't even look at it. They just uh, uh, signed in order to have the service. But uh, what I want people to know is definitely have awareness that wherever we go, our phone is tracking every location we've been to. Um, our If we have a device, the, the sound is basically safe. How they can protect themselves is really not uh, giving too much information out if if they don't feel like uh, they need that service, like when we talk about location service, right? right. I, I pretty much turn off most uh, most uh, service. The um, and secondly, I don't. It's not about individually how to do it on your own computer. It's more about passing the law and having this public discussion and awareness, right. so that the company will be held accountable. So even though they can internally develop based on the data they collect, do many things. But if there's a public monitoring, then I think this will be limited to certain uh, damage. Damage will be lost. Well, that's a perfect way to end. I want to tell my audience uh, that they want to pick up this book and take a look at the evolution of artificial intelligence, What You Must Know About AI by Jun Ling Hu. And Jun Ling, thank you so much. Just give your website, and then we got to go. My website is www. Uh, www.juninghu.com, J-U-N-L-I-N-G-H-U.com. Okay, very good. Well, let's keep in touch, and we'll have you back again, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Join us every Monday morning at 8 o'clock, and visit our website at privacypiracy.org. Thanks.